This is the Dos Acero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, fresa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins the Dos Acero Podcast. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Dos Acero Podcast. Thank you for joining us again this evening. As you know, we broadcast every Wednesday night around 9, 9.30 p.m. Central Live on the YouTube then you can catch our show taped, a taped version of our show on iTunes soon after that. Appreciate you joining us. A lot of topics to discuss tonight. My name is John Jagu. As always, we have an excellent round table of pundits. And let's get right to them before we get into the topics. Uh, all the way up in Connecticut, we have with us, <laughs> as he clears his throat, Christian Velez, how are you, sir? Hey, John, I'm uh, I'm over here toasting some bread and eat some hummus. Uh, everything is great, man. So uh, let's get to it. Glad to hear it. Well, I know that hummus is the is the national food of Connecticut, so glad, <laughs> glad you're enjoying it. Thanks. Down in Hayes County, which is in South Austin, we have a gentleman who will be debuting a new segment tonight that we're all very excited about. Probably none more so than him. Of course, we're talking about uh, Albert, Alberto Chiquis Campa. Albert, how are you, sir? Hey, doing good. I'm, I'm actually up here in Indianapolis today. So, greetings from way up here. <laughs> Indianapolis, Indianapolis. That's a weird downtown. I remember right. Are you, are you anywhere near downtown? Uh, no, just a, a, little, a little bit up north. All right, fair enough. Well, it's glad to have this, and I'm sure you're you have prepared your new segment, which we will debut a little bit later. Glad to have you on. Yeah. Over in Phoenix, Arizona, we have the good senator from the great state of Arizona, Fernando Regino. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I'm doing very well. Good to have you with us. Thank you very Thank much. You, sir. Likewise. Glad you could join us. I see that you uh, were able to get your Copa America, phase one of your credential. You're not fully, you're only half approved. You haven't been fully approved, but but congratulations on making that first step. I'm like a mojado with a, <clears throat> with a married to a wife. You American just got wife. your visa, and now you have to get, you know, got your, we got your plane ticket. You got to see if you can get your visa now. Yes, so, that's correct. So it's not, it's not, it, it's not quite done yet. I'm almost there. And of course, just things we have. Out in Los Angeles, our, a gentleman who, despite Chivas's recent success, still refuses to watch the team that is in his heart because he doesn't like the way the team is run. But uh, he says not even a championship will sway him from watching. Of course, we're talking about Joel Aceves. How are you, Joel? Um, I'm fighting off a cold, John. The weather, the weather. Oh, we got can't me. have that. But, but... Yeah. There's too much going on. I couldn't miss. I couldn't miss tonight's show. 
So, uh, did you have you not been washing your hands, or, or, or what? what what's shook, going on? Shook hands with cheekies, and then I, I ate some food. And I think that must have been it. I, I understand. Well, you know, I was. <laughs> I can understand that too. I, I've been traveling. I was in Hawaii last week, and uh, one of the things that I am very religious about doing now, because I've gotten sick so many times. Is it really busy international airports like Honolulu and LAX? Then I just, I take a bath in the in the antibacterial stuff that they have for your hands and stuff. It just it's uh those things are like hospitals. They're germ factories. They're everywhere. So I'm so I'm sorry to hear you under the weather. Perhaps uh, uh, later in our in our show we'll have a, a segment that maybe our good friend brother Albert will be able to maybe alleviate some concerns for you. Maybe that'll make you feel a little bit better. He has so, healing words we'll for We'll talk me. about that. He does have some healing. He has many. He has healing words for a lot of people. and He will be able to heal us in, in, in many different ways. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Heal the we do have some very... Well, uh, like well maybe... Healing. Yeah, well, uh, well, I don't know about that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But this is a Dos Acero football podcast, a Young Manito production brought to you by SoccerChronicle.com. Unfortunately, we don't have our good friend Ronnie DeLuna. Hopefully, he will be joining us a little bit later. Uh, he's probably in the middle of uh, making some mole up there in Philadelphia and hasn't been able to get away. Or it could be that uh, that you guys you know, made him pick up his toys and go home for how mean you were being to him during the week <laughs> over in... Over in other other area other chat areas that of which I'm not aware. But let's get right to the topics. A couple of topics we want to talk about tonight. Uh, one that I thought was a little interesting, uh, considering that uh, Giovanni dos Santos has started to play a little bit better for LA Galaxy. I'm just curious to see what you guys think as far as uh, his success and who it means more to. Does it mean more to Giovanni? Does it mean more to the LA Galaxy? Does it mean more to MLS, or does it mean more for Mexico? So we'll talk about that. Also want to talk about uh, Liga Mekis, of course. Uh, they're in their last week before the Liguilla. Monterrey has sewn up the top seed, so they are on the walking the plank to see if they can get knocked off by the the maldición de, del equipo número uno, the, the, the top seed curse that we talk about so often. I think it's going to happen this year. I think Monterrey is going to be done, one and done. They're going to lose to whoever the A team is, probably Tigres. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Also talk about Club América. They have been just an um, unbelievable model of consistency over the past four years. They've won a number of trophies and a number of tournaments. And they're not doing it the way that one would expect a Club América to build their team. So... Something is definitely different over in Guapa, and it's too bad we don't have our resident Guapero with us to talk about it. Well, but uh, maybe we can conjure him up. Let's see if I can figure out a way to bring Ronnie in and see if this works. Nope. Well, we'll see what happens. John, and then of that, course that, we have our is triggering too. negative feelings in me, John. Is it? I'm sorry. Well, maybe we can, maybe we can make you feel better, Joel. Let's see. Let's see if I can make you feel better. You ready? Yeah. Oh. 
That, that's more like Genius of Alma Deep of Rosa Temprana. Well, there you go. I hope that hopefully that makes you feel better. I don't want I don't want you to thank feel you. any worse than you do right now. Thank, thank you, John. Uh, and of course, we will talk a little Chivas a little bit later. Uh, Joel can fill us in on on his not watching Chivas. And, and Pulido, and, and Pulido case too, please. Enough. Well, we'll talk a little Pulido. We'll talk a little Pulido. We'll talk Pulido. Of course, we'll talk Copa America. The the forty team roster came out. We'll talk a little Champions League. We got a lot to get to. But uh, my first topic, it probably won't take very long, but I thought it was interesting. Giovanni Dos Santos scored a terrific goal for LA Galaxy over the weekend. It happened to have, be on national TV on their Sunday game of the week on Fox Sports 1. LA Galaxy in the deep time, uh, supporting Kansas City. It's his uh, fourth goal and third in three games. It looks like Giovanni, and, and I think this is something that Joel said, uh, is starting to play with a little bit more of a smile on his face. And my question to you all is, uh, if, if Giovanni does have success, who is it going to benefit most? Christian. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, who is it going to benefit the most? I think that there is a lot of parties involved here. Uh, well, number one, MLS, they spent a lot of money on him um, with obviously with a lot of marketing um, angles to this. But um, the thing with Gio is Gio is a guy that's proven himself with a national team regardless of his club situation. So, um Yes, we can talk about MLS and the level of play and, and, and this and the other, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a guy that has proven himself with the national team. So if he's starting to catch fire at the right time, obviously it's a benefit to Mexican national team. There's no doubt about that. And then subsequent, obviously, you know, like the, the MLS will, you know, LA Galaxy will get benefit out of that. MLS will be able to, they've actually already started marketing this thing, like the, they started a hashtag called uh, Things Geo Can Chip after two goals, back-to-back, two back-to-back goals where he sort of chipped the goalkeeper. Um, so who is going to benefit? I think we all can benefit from this. Uh, uh, this is Geo we're talking about. This is a guy that's been a staple of the national team for the better part of the last nine years, give or take. So um, it, it, if nothing else, it adds an extra uh, sort of layer to the depth of what we have up front and – you know, I'm looking forward to see how this is going to play out. You make some interesting points. Uh, Joel, you live in Los Angeles. There's, uh, now that Giovanni is starting to you know, maybe make a little bit more noise on the field, have you noticed uh, anything different there in the City of Angels with, no, with not how really. the Galaxy is portrayed? No, but before the start of the season, there was billboards all over with uh, Geo, featuring Geo prominently. So do you think that if, if Giovanni continues to maintain this level of play where he ends up having a successful season, you know, maybe helps L.A. at least get to the, the postseason, et cetera, maybe? You know, it's a little a few different. things here or there. You, you would have to be like a, a regular because Galaxy is a team that they they usually sell out their stadium. So only like the regulars will be able to tell if there's like more demand for tickets or influx of new fans. Uh, we could have had Juan today since he's our he's our uh, Galaxy correspondent. He is our Galaxy insider. You're right. But, You're absolutely yeah, right. But, but you know, in we'll the past, whenever we've we had join us. any of the Mexican players, especially if they're doing good, 
there, there's always this hype and and uh, with people wanting to go see it because it's it's if he's scoring goals like that, you you could go see it in person. Well, it seems to me, and maybe uh, less Fernando and Albert this, but it seems to me that if Giovanni does well, then that really the one that's going to benefit the most from that is going to be MLS, particularly when they have their swing, you know, down in this part of the country and over in Salt Lake and even some of their eastern cities where maybe they don't draw as well. I know that they don't particularly draw too well in Houston, and I was at a game in Dallas a few weeks ago, and I know the weather was awful when I was there in Dallas, but I mean, if they had 5,000 people there, it was, it was a lot. So I personally believe that if, if Giovanni maintains this level of success, I think the MLS is going to be the one that's going to be, that's going to stand to gain the most because of the fact that they're going to have a, a young player, a young Mexican player, that they're going to be able to market their league to an audience that otherwise might not necessarily tune into an MLS game. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I probably wouldn't have watched the, the MLS Sunday night game of the week on Fox Sports 1 if it was Sporting Kansas City against Montreal. But the fact that LA Galaxy was playing, the fact that I know that Giovanni had been doing pretty well, I tuned in, watched uh, the game, I saw his goal, and I was moderately entertained by the game. I think that... that uh, and, and watching other MLS games, I think that there are teams that play a style that uh, that's a little more suiting to me. But you know, and I'm a you know I'm not their 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 target market. I'm a you know I'm a 40 year old dude. You know they they want the you know the young 18 to 35 demographic that may not may not otherwise tune into the game. But if they were able to get that, then I think that 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 that's where where Giovanni can really help them. I'll say now, even Fernando. Younger. I know that you're not you're not the biggest fan. Yes, go ahead. But before we no, get to I'll Fernando, say demographic. I say even younger, like twelve year olds. So you want to, You think that 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 this would help them hook the hook the kids young, and then they'll be MLSers for yeah, because you know the kids kids watch. I don't know if you guys did it. You watch you watch the games, and then you go to the you go play cascaritas, and and you try to emulate some of the stuff you saw. Well, you know, I can see man, you know how many times I won World, World Cup in my backyard? I was, <laughs> you know, I was a tetra campeón. That's exactly what Giovanni's now, uh, doing right now. He's doing, he's chipping his way into the national team. At least that's what he's thinking. But uh, I don't think he's going to get too far. You know. But you're a critic of Giovanni because you don't necessarily think MLS is. Uh, I guess we can all agree that MLS, you know, the quality of MLS is not necessarily the best. You know, Giovanni, the reasons for him going there were, you know, obviously the level of play was not up there among those the, the top reasons. So let me ask you this, Joel, do you, do you think there, uh, or Fernando, do, do you see any benefit outside of MLS and LA Galaxy for Giovanni to have a, continue to have a successful season? Well, you know, in order for you to grow, to even get back to your level that you were at, you know, you got to be challenged. And look at that, he's chipping everybody. In, in MLS almost every weekend now. So, you know, obviously he won't be able to do the same if he's playing against a Mexican team or, you know, as you saw earlier in the season when they got eliminated, when, you know, they got eliminated by a Mexican team, he couldn't emulate the same type of acrobatics, as you can say. So, no, 
Yeah, he right now he's playing Cascarita right now, and he's not really playing seriously. I think I think we should uh, record this because now we do have uh, some comments on, the, on our YouTube. We have we are, we are recording. We are recording. So yeah. we will. This will come back to haunt you, Senator. It could because the team, <laughs> and, and, and the attack ads later. The Mexican teams will meet up, and if Gio is on fire, he I think he he has that talent to take out any team. So is that what you guys are sucking up? No, no I think it's going to do sucking up. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! So how much ball washing is going to happen now? There's, there's, there, there will be no. Hey, Ronnie. What's up, kiddos? There will, there will be no. There will be no ball washing. I mean, I, now before we get to Ronnie, I do want to point out that we have quite a few viewers tonight, and I want to say hello to our uh, gentleman, our one Does of our mean loyal listeners, <laughs> David David Coleman Loredo, who says he wants to trade Kubo for for Gio because Kubo. Cubo Torres and at Houston Dynamo has been, at least for the first couple of months, has been an abject failure at Houston Dynamo. And, and the fact... <laughs> you, you know what I the, think the happened with that, that John? He, he yes, got please, into, Joel. At, wait, as soon as, is as this soon a parandula? Are you giving us a little parandula? Kind of, kind of. Because uh, Chivas players are known to be drunkards. And Whoa. He got, whoa. You know, you <laughs> have... No, no, not Giovanni. It's not Chivas. You got like Tomar Bravo, Beberto Medina... And, and so on, and uh, and even Fabian, dude. Do you and, think uh, that Chippo's so, so you know, there was, going to read it? There was that case where uh, this girl tried to uh, call yeah, rape but, on Google. Yeah, 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 it, it yeah. Seems like, you know, he kept giving her drinks. Yeah, that's and that's that's definitely a thing that, that happened. Uh, wait, uh, wait I gotta I gotta acknowledge David Copperland, right? I mean, not Chris, uh, David, uh, Christian Farias. He asked for uh, Ronnie's picture. I think, uh, Ronnie, you should tell him. You can go ahead and turn on your camera. Thank you, sir. Yeah, go on, Ronnie. Yeah, show us your... Do it. No, but seriously, I mean, Kubo was just a victim of circumstances. He, the whole loan back to Chivas for whatever, six months, and then ended up staying for whatever long, and then loan back. It, he's, you know, I'm not sure Houston's the greatest fit for him, but even then, I mean, uh, sitting down at Chivas, not really playing, and then coming back to MLS was not beneficial to him whatsoever as a player. I mean, whether or not, you know, no, the whole thing with, like, you know, whatever, the the, the the accusations of rape were also not good for him. But you know, He pulled out way too early. He couldn't have been raped. Uh, <laughs> now, let me ask you. Uh, this. Come on. No, but no you, remember, you, you guys remember the movie Kingpin? You remember, yes. remember the movie Kingpin? Remember the scene where uh, Ernie McCracken? You're really yes. charged. He's, he's walking. <laughs> yeah, that, that part. He's like, he's walking, right? He's walking, and a reporter's like, "Yes, there's these, an allegation of a paternity suit." No, no, I, I pulled out way too, too early. <laughs> I, you know, I never seen that movie, but I remember somebody asking for your picture, Ronnie. Oh, now let me ask oh. you this, Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie yeah. De Luna joined yeah. us. Thank you very much, Ronnie. Now, do you think that Google, knowing now we know now that Joel has given us the information, that maybe he hasn't been able to get over the fact that Rita's is is closed in Houston? Could that possibly is? Is that a be what's club? causing? No, no. Rita's on on Hillcroft, our 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 Catracho Sports Bar that we love so much in Houston. Oh my God, Salvi, Russ. Okay. Yeah. Could be. I mean, maybe, that, maybe that, that's, that's what... where you went to go. Uh, that's where you went to go. Uh, you know, like that was a slump buster joint. It's true. That that was a place where. 
Guatemala was playing. I forget who it was, and the whole place was packed with with Chapinas, and there was me and some other poor Mexican guy watching Mexico play Panama on like a seven inch TV behind the bar. That was that was as good as we can get. Anyway, many ga- I watched Ronnie, many, thank, many games. There many games. I watched the the under twenty three Mexico U S. Where you know when Mexico beat them uh, four nothing under La Volpe. Uh, I watched uh, all basically just about every no every game of the 2000, uh, 2000 uh, Copa Libertadores campaign any, when America was there. Any any chance you guys were there at the same time and didn't know it? Well, well, the only I time know. I was I mean, there was for that game. I mean, there were some glory holes in the. Uh... the only time I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, you know, John may have known me then. Were you on the receiving end, or what? Oh, they're providing it. Do you still want to show me your cucumber? <laughs> okay, now, Ronnie, Jesus, we did have a Ronnie. question about Giovanni. Gosh, Giovanni yeah. Dos Santos is, uh, you know, recent success. Who who do you think that in the long run, if he is able to maintain it, in the long run will it benefit most? You know what? To me, Giovanni is like a Cuauhtémoc Blanco where it doesn't matter how he's doing in league form. When he's on the national team, he's on the national team. And, you know, he he, he, he tends to step it up, you know. And, um, I mean, aside from, the you know, some of the injuries where he's had, you know, on, on the national team, I, I just – I think in the long run, Giovanni's proven himself on the national team. Well, there's no question, but, you know, but, but there's – and, and and I firmly believe, and this is a question I'll ask everybody here at the table. Woman, I guess it's a good little segue we can have now uh, to talk about the the forty man roster. But I mean, in my opinion, there's no question he's going to be playing for Mexico this summer in the Copa America. I mean, there's, I mean, who would you rather have, Giovanni or Candido Ramirez? I mean, to me, there's no there's no comparison, and then because of the fact that. Like Guatemoc, and and we really can't say that about that many uh, players that have worn the Mexican national team jersey, at least in the past 20 years. That has been a player who has been as consistent as Giovanni Guatemoc. There just really haven't been that many guys. Has he had bad games? Of course he has. He's had bad games. Everyone has bad games, but he's had a whole bunch of good ones, and I think that that's where. You know, and then the fact that he starts getting into the rhythm, and what Joel pointed out on Sunday, the fact that he has, you know, he, he, you can see that he's starting to play with a, with a little more joy again. You know, and ultimately, I think it's going to help everybody. It's going to help MLS. It's going to help the Galaxy. It's going to help Mexico. Everyone can benefit from Giovanni because I, when he gets going, he's going to be great. Albert, what, I what think, do you think? I think the the mo- the person who's benefiting most from his play is himself. I think he's breathing a sigh of relief that he's actually scoring and doing something now after being left off of previous uh, call-ups and friendlies or whatever, and now he's actually proving. Because at, at first I think he was thinking, oh, what a mistake that I did I just make going to MLS and I'm not even doing any good. And now that he is doing good, okay, he's still in a, like a lesser league, but at least he's dominating it and he might get called up. Um, so now he's back into the picture with the national team. He's not being passed up anymore, and so he's like, phew, I made it. I'm, I'm going to be on the 40-man you know, you know, list. They interviewed him after the game, and in his, <clears throat> uh, in his English, he did say that, 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 that playing the national, you know, playing for the national team is still 
the most important for thing for him. So he says that any anything he can do to get back to that is, is that, that is that is that is what means the most to me. So I think you're right, Albert. That's see the Albert. Are, are, we, are we ready? Do we need to jump into your segment before we before we move on? Yeah, I'm sure he's not drinking. Also, he's concentrating on this game. He's no he's not partying and you know going to the anthros or anything like that. He's keeping keeping holy. You know what I mean? So is it time? Should we should we go ahead? And, and Up to you guys. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's time. I think we should do it. I think this is a good a good place for you to do it. So you feel that his that he has found his his spiritual center and it's what's helping him on the field. So no, this is a good time. All right, here we go. This is uh, our new segment. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Brothers and sisters, let's bow our heads, pray. Those who have lost their way, we Jesus pray that Christ. they can find their spiritual center. We pray that they will open their hearts and let Brother Cheekies in. Wow, that's what she said. Brother Cheekies, please help guide those lost souls with your unwavering moral compass. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at the Champions League. Uh, Vidal. He's like been one of my uh, my uh, criticized players for his drunken driving incident in uh, Copa America, and he just got eliminated, didn't he? I believe. So it all comes back to you in the end. Giovanni probably left the Antros, is coming back into form and such. Hopefully, I, I heard some rumors about uh, Leicester celebrating in inappropriate ways. Is that is that true? How, you want to know what's true? Uh, James Vardy has been uh, caught drinking the days before practice, and he's a winner now. He's a champion. So your whole thing is irrelevant. Wasn't he not playing, though, in the last game? Uh, no, all the games. He's been yeah, he had been, uh, he had been suspended. What games are you watching? For on-the-field incidents, not, not, not for... Not, so they didn't... So they not, didn't not for really, any, not for any uh, transgressions, decadent yes. transgressions. So they didn't really need him, then. For the last games, at least, or a game. Basically, it comes it comes down to this: you can do all sorts of things while drinking and while having parties, and even celebrating. Like right now, they can celebrate and have all kinds of group celebrations of various sorts. But in the end, like Christian said earlier, they're probably not going to do very good in the Champions League or in whatever other tournament they're in because of the results of this championship. And uh, it's just a fluke, I think. But anyway. Well, let me ask you this, Albert. When when a player scores a goal and he takes off his shirt and he says, Jesus loves me, or I love Jesus, do you like that player more because he is solo, he is sharing his love for the Lord and Father, Jesus Christ? Here, here, I got an interesting take on this. Uh, and it goes... What about Chicharito when he was praying in the field and he lost the Champions League final with Manchester United in 2011? Yeah, that's that's what I was just gonna say as well. My take goes along with Chicharito and what in his pre-game festivities, uh, and and to the saying of Tolo con Medida, you can't go spazzo on on all these things. Like if you um, want to pray and have religious rituals and stuff, you can do that in private. You can do that, you know, at home. But when you display it out in front, it's as if, look at me, look how holy I am. So I don't really, I mean, I don't, I don't care if Chicharito does his little prayer at the beginning or, if, like, if you win a championship and you do your circle of prayer, I mean, that's fine. I wouldn't, you know, feel real comfortable doing that. 
when people take off their shirt and they have the I love Jesus or whatever. What if they took off their shirt and said, Hail Satan? Would you feel the same way? I wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't agree with putting a shirt with uh, I love Jesus either. You know, if, if, if I love Jesus or whatever, I would display it through my own actions, through uh, humility, like Chicharito does. He, he, he has all the actions um, of, a, you know, a good person. So there's no need to go overboard and display, like have a banner of Jesus and all the, and tattoos of like Kaka goes like crazy and, you know, opens himself up to criticism. That's my take on that. So don't go out drinking. Yeah, Indian. Don't go out drinking, but don't go out spazzing with oh, with your sorry. beliefs. <laughs> I, I, I over here we go again. Yeah, Indian. The lesson. Well, thank you, Brother Albert. That was uh, very elucidating. You enlightened us. We really appreciate that. Word. Now, one thing I've always found peculiar is that when athletes win a championship and they interview them and say, first thing I want to do is thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or they, you know, whatever it is that they say, how come when like they interview the coach at the in the losing locker room, how come he didn't say, well, you know, that son of a bitch Jesus wasn't on our side today. Damn him. And no one ever says that when they lose, but they always say it when they win. Isn't Jesus around both winners and losers? Correct. And he's not manipulating. He's not giving one team the win and one team the loss. Or he's not like, well, these guys have prayed more, so I'm giving them the win. So you're saying that, that uh, that's in, in the football picante when they do the wrap-up of the of their championship, they go, Y Jesucristo mantiene el invicto. Are you guys actually believe in Jesus? Is this like a real thing? Are or whatever, whatever, Sorry. whatever, <laughs> whatever superpower you may believe in or not believe in, nothing, you can thank whoever, but the same skills that you have been given, whether you're born, you know, by your parents or by whoever, they're the same skills your opponents are given. So at whatever day or whatever game you're playing, you know, that you just happen to win or you just happen to lose. There's is no... Are you going to ask for a donation now? My, no, this, my ritual is... My ritual, a, my ritual life really lesson. went out. Ronnie knows about this. It's just, a, it's just simply life lesson. Uh, you're never going to be the best at anything, so, you know, try, but just don't have any expectations. It's the Homer Simpson rule is what you're saying. No, what I'm, what I'm saying is my ritual was rubbing one out before the game, just, you know, get the juices flowing. No, no, that, that only works before dates. That only works before you go on a date, man. That weakens legs, I heard. Uh, it clears your mind, too. I highly recommend it for all you guys out there doing the online dating. All of you at BSMX, I see you. I'm looking at you. <laughs> well, thank you, Ronnie, for your... Uh... Your your pregame tips, as always, we really really appreciate it. Brother Albert, do you have anything else to share with us tonight before we before we move on? No, I think that's it. Well, that has been uh, our our moral compass segment with Albert Campa, who has singled out Arturo Rey Arturo Vidal for his drunk driving accident in Chile before Copa during Copa America, actually after they won a game. And they Copa became America. champions. So that's totally refutes. Champions yeah, they refute everything. A few games later. So, the way I see it, and uh, you guys may agree with me, you guys may not. Doesn't really matter. But 
Now, I've always thought that a, that a player's public image and his the way he is personally, I don't think, are necessarily in tune. I think that you know guys that people think that are exemplary human beings and upstanding citizens could be just complete jerks when the cameras aren't rolling, and vice versa. Guys that you think they're just these degenerates could end up being just this incredible family man. So you just the, the reality is we just we just just don't know. Now what we do know is that teams in the Copa America have been releasing their their preliminary 40-man rosters. Our good friend, our Colombian friend Juan Carlos Osorio did the same with Mexico earlier in the week. There were 40-man roster. <coughs> no real surprises. Uh there was uh the exclusion of Alan Pulido which We'll get into a here with Joel in a minute, but uh, other than 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 Picolin, who else are the uh, 22 locks that are going to be on the team? Other than Picolin, of course. Will there be anybody from? The goalkeeper selection should be pretty easy to do. Well, I think that whoever doesn't make that will probably end up being the goalie for the Olympic team. Ah. So I fully expect Talavera not to be on the list, and uh, it'll be uh, Memo, Picolin, and Corona, and they'll go to Copa America, and Talavera will go to the Olympics. What about Jonathan Orozco? He's probably one of the Who? best goalies in the league right now. That's a, that's a joke, right? Are you crazy? He's with the... the no, no, are you right crazy? <laughs> that's so completely irrelevant. That's, fan, that's fanboyism. That's fanboyism. Totally. Absolutely, man. That's, that's Absolutely the, not, man. The numbers show it. He, the team is super leader for a reason, and he's one of them. Well, no, if, if, that, if you get a on statistics, then the Chivas goalies should be on the list because they have, they've given up them with the fewest goals in the tournament. So why is that on the list? Because the Chivas hype, man. It's causing too much damage to their institution. So once. No. Is it like Turkish? What's going on here? What's going on? That's the king. That's the king. I'll say this. I'll say this. I think it's a huge mistake to not include one of the, at least one of the 323 goalkeepers. In the preliminary list, because uh, you know you you have three good goalkeepers. You have uh, Lahoud, you have Gonzalez, and you also have Gudinho. Any one of those guys could be a backup in the Copa America team because they're not going to start. They're not going to start for the Olympic team, which I think is a huge, just a huge mistake anyway. So, okay, so outside of Picolin, who who else makes the team? Uh, it's going to be pretty clear, clear cut. It's going to be Memo, Calavera, and then, uh, you know, pick your poison. Right? Yeah, right? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Memo, Calavera, and Orozco. I'm going to be the three goalkeepers for Copa America. One guy who's going to be on the defense, which I don't really agree with, but... JCO mentioned his name, Yasser Corona. Looks well, like he's... Co- yeah. yeah, but Yasser Corona is only going to play if Hector Moreno is out. 
Yeah, that's that's one of those uh, Osorio things where he likes uh, left-footed defenders. But I mean, the guy hasn't played since March. I mean, yeah, I, but I he even said it. in his press conference. In his press conference, he said we talked to Osvaldo Alaniz. He's not going to be ready, so we got to settle for this guy. Is is pretty much what he said. You know what? He should have gone for Cesar Montes from Monterrey. Seriously, I can't believe he went for Yasser Corona. Cesar Montes is a great player, but he need, he hasn't played in any international tournaments his entire, very, well, albeit very short career. So let's let him get his feet wet, like at the Olympics and maybe a U20 before we start picking him for the national team. Now, don't get me wrong. The dude is incredibly talented. I'm not saying he's not good enough. I don't think he has experience. No, no, I'm saying, are you saying that Liga MX is not good enough to, you know, prepare a player for the international stage? I think that the Liga MX is an excellent league. I don't think that he necessarily has the experience to go up against guys that have been playing in better leagues for the better part of the ten the last 10, 15 years, so no. So no, so you don't think Liga MX is good enough to prepare you to... Well, I think, it, uh, again, I think if you've been playing in Liga MX for five to ten years, that's fine, but if you've been playing in Liga MX for six months, the answer is no. Yeah, would, I think that's pretty would, straightforward. He would be diving into the deep end with a national team. But what he's saying is he needs to go slow. He needs to ease exactly. into the national team. Maybe a friendly here and there. Lo tienen que arropar, Fernando. Yeah. Yeah, and even then, there's there's guys ahead of him that that would play before him anyway, simply on the same, you know, experience uh, metric. Um, uh, the Corona thing is it's it's a little troubling because he hasn't played that well in his last two games, two or three games with the national team. So it's. It, 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 you can see the argument based on the fact that he's a left-footed <clears throat> central defender, and even then it's a stretch, to be honest. And even more so when you look at his actual performances. I mean, the Senegal game, I think it was a highlight, and that's not a, that's not a good thing to say. That was a highlight of his national team career. He was actually terrible. Yeah, I mean, he was. Terrible. I mean, terrible. The only reason just, they had any kind of offense was because of his F-ups. Yeah, I mean, it was just not, not a good uh, – not a good showing for him, so you do have to say that you know that's a little uh, a bit of a head scratcher. But this is a forty-man preliminary list. I would be surprised if he actually makes the cut. I will be a little disappointed if he makes the cut. But again, you know, he's going to be a guy that's just not going to play because yeah, you know, but that, what I know. yeah, but you know, John, at that point, like if if that's if that's the metric, I mean, you could like like Pern. I mean, I hate I hate to say this out loud, but I mean, I would agree with him. I mean, at this point, hey, <laughs> I don't mean, like, <laughs> I don't mean yeah. this is a knock on, on Fernando at all, but I, I mean, like at that point, if, if it's a guy that's going to be in roster as a filler, man, like you might as well bring Salcedo or Montes or you know what? Any just throw any name so out there, and I think. Give the guy the experience instead of a guy that's there just because he can kick well, the Well, you know, it, it kind of sort of happened in 2011 when, when uh, the whole fiasco happened with players that got knocked off the team, eight players that got knocked off the team for the whole, you know, prostitution. Hey, man, I team. will love Reynoso for the rest of my life for the way he played in that game. Absolutely, man. I mean, he, he, he made – the guy was, you know, Reynoso was whatever, but, like, he really in, – in about four or five games with the national team, he – he did what he had to do, and, and I mean. Joel, did did you talk to Reynoso after that game? Because you were there covering it, weren't you? Covering which game? The Gold Cup final in 2011. Wait, no. Wait, yeah, yeah, yes, I was. Yeah, did you talk I to Reynoso after the game? No, no, sir. No. No, I did not. 
Surprise it's true, Coyle. See, now I feel bad for, make, for making you look bad. Sorry about that. So well, I have a question for you guys. Yes. So I have a question for you guys. So you think Alberto Parrera's decision to take Ronaldo when he was 16 years old to the World Cup uh, was a bad decision? He no lo arropó like uh, Mr. He was 19. He was 17, and he didn't play a minute. Yeah, he didn't play a single minute. I'm so. sure he was 19. Okay, so is no, there a 16. chance? So let's say 17. even if Cesar Montes goes in – None, let's say none of our star defenders get injured. Isn't that some sort of un arropar para un jugador like Cesar Montes? Well, look, on, honestly, given the choice between Cesar Montes and Yasser Corona, I would absolutely take Cesar Montes. But just in, 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 in reading between the lines with what the coach said at his press conference today, he ain't taking Montes. He, he didn't even, did he even make the list? I don't even think no, he, he didn't. The list. And, yeah, I mean, so it, there, it, not, if anything, was so... No, if he's gonna take if he's gonna take chances, he's not gonna take him with defenders. I think that's that's been sort of an established thing right now. I mean, if he's if he's gonna take chances, he'll take him mostly with the wide forwards and the forwards, but definitely not with the defenders. I mean, I think that a more realistic scenario would be for a guy like um, Orbelin Pineda to make the roster. You know, like this is a guy who's been playing really really well for Chivas consistently over the past ten twelve games. You know, I think he's a guy that. Oh, sorry. There it is. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's. I mean, come on. I mean, if you look at Chivas, this is this is a guy that has definitely contributed a lot to Chivas in, in their midfield. So I, I would see Osorio taking a risk with a guy like that more than a defender. Keep talking. Keep talking. No, no. I, I mean, I, defenders. I mean, I just don't see him taking any chances. I mean, I think it's pretty established the way things are. I think. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, Montes is even on the roster, on the preliminary roster, so it's it's, it's kind of a mood argument anyway. Now, Fernando, is is this gonna, is this the beginning of the end with your love affair with with Juan Carlos Osorio for not taking Montes to Copa America? You know, the supporting a coach is kind of like marriage, man. You're not gonna get the perfect woman. Same thing. You're not gonna get the, the well, coach. Well, speak for yourself, it. homie. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot you. My wife might be listening. So, anyways, uh, you know, there's gonna be some things, there's gonna be some things, you know, that you know that they're gonna make a mistake on, and I think it's a huge mistake for bringing in a player like Yasser Corona over Cesar Montes. But overall, you know, I support I support him. You know, he's our coach. He's been winning and breaking records, so that's okay. I I can forgive a few. Okay. Well, well, remember this is being recorded. Fernando, for, for future use. So absolutely, that's so, okay. Uh, Albert, write I, down I the time code, document, and we'll 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 play this back when Fernando. I'll even post my picture on here too. Here, let me turn on my camera so you can see. See? No, don't please. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no just setting the example, you know, for Fernando. Some other we don't want to break. We don't want to break the internet, please. <laughs> oh, like what? Cardation, whatever. Anyway. That's right. Cardation. <laughs> <laughs> So Orbelin yes. Pineda is a very interesting person. I would love to see him on this team. I think that he would be a great addition. He's been fan- he in my I mean I've it makes me sad, Joel, that I have watched more Chivas games than you have this season. That makes me very sad. I think Christian has seen more games too. That's true. That's absolutely true. Actually, I will tell you, know, you this. You know who I has would, been seeing more games? No. Chepo de la Torre has seen but, more games. But you know what? 
Part of it's my job. It's not that no, I, no, I'm totally, boycotting. No, I get it, man. I get it. I was going to say it's the level of cynicism that you've reached as a lifelong Chivas fan. But I, know, <laughs> I understand I understand. it's like a, it's a work thing. I get it. Uh, to me, I mean, Chivas games have become a good way to sort of like ease into my Sundays because it's been some good, good sort of football that's being played. There's there's an idea and there's a spark behind a team. It's, it's, excite, it's exciting to watch them play. And I mean, it's... It, Every single line, the midfield, the defense, the forwards, there's something to look out for, you know. And, and there's a whole level, just level to this that that's good. It's, it's I mean, <clears throat> people can talk all they want, but like at the end of the day, a good Chivas team is good for the Mexican, just Mexican football no, overall. You, you know what? I haven't given Almeida any credit, but but to his credit, he does play attacking football. And and even when the team was doing bad, he never, you know, he kept he kept on with with that style. Well, there yeah. are quite a few Chivas that are selected on the 40-man roster. There's uh, Conejito, Brizuela, uh, Julit uh, is on the team. Orbelin uh, Pineda, Saucedo, Dedos Lopez. That's 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 half that's half the team. That's half the team that plays yeah. in the, on the field. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, I mean, and, and 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 the reality is is that all five of the go all five of those guys deserve the call up. I mean, that's 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 just the reality. Yeah, Dedos, Dedos a little bit, you know, a little bit on the on the lower side of that, uh, because he's he's lost his spot to uh to out of all people, Chapo Sanchez, uh, which is I think is a terrible indictment. But he's all to to his to his credit, you know, Chapo has been uh, has been pretty steady as a defender, you know. And I understand I understand the reason and tactically why he's been playing. Um but I think you're right. I mean all all these guys have contributed massively, you know, to, to the to the resurgence of Chivas. And Holy's right. I mean, they've they've been playing the same way for the better part of the last six months. It's just that now they're getting the results, and with the results come kind of confidence. And the music. So you know, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to have these guys on, on the preliminary uh, roster, and um, but that's I about think it. That, they're not going to make the further rosters. I don't think. I, I think, think yeah, I think you're right. I think you're you right. Know, I think, uh, Albert, that's interesting because you you did post your 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 23 man picks and you didn't pick any Chivas at all. You didn't pick maybe Orbelin, maybe Orbelin, but I don't think he'd even play though. No, he wouldn't really play. Oh, he but, absolutely I mean, will play because th- think of uh, in a tournament what position and it cost us in the last World Cup. What position is going to get two yellows just because of the way it could, because of where they play? It's it's the uh, the, yeah. the holding midfielders. So yeah. My or question is would absolutely play. My question would be um, at the end of Herrera's uh, coaching stint, he had Jonathan dos Santos playing quite a bit. Um, do you think uh, Osorio is going to bring him back? Oh uh, yeah, he'll bring him back, but but he's but not going to he's not going to feature as much as he did during uh, you know under Herrera because simply because Herrera played him. Uh, as a holding midfielder, and Osorio is not going to play him as a holding midfielder. Yeah, but, uh, but Jonah plays. Uh, he plays on the right for for Villarreal and Denver. I mean, I watched the Liverpool game last week when I was. It was fantastic. It was like nine in the morning. You know how cool it is to watch a soccer game like that and have the whole rest of their day in front of you. It was fantastic. It was like while eight, on vacation in Hawaii. Yeah. John. Oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, I, I think that you know the thing is like, uh, yeah, that you you got to look at it this way. I mean, uh, both. Osorio and Herrera are playing with a three-man midfield, but it's but it's a different sort of approach. Herrera was perfectly comfortable having Jonathan Dos Santos as a holding midfielder because he knew Mexico was going to dominate possession against any sort of opponent in the Gold Cup. 
Osorio is approaching it a little differently because he wants his attack to come from the wings and to have his wide forwards create for themselves. So he's not going to have a guy that's five foot six, five foot seven, great on the ball, absolutely the best. Technically speaking, he's Jonathan is like top one or two players in the Mexican national team when it comes to technical ability. But he's not going to risk it. He's not going to play a guy that has very little physical prowess as the shield in front of the defense. It's just not going to happen. He's going to play someone like Reyes, uh, Molina, Gallito. You, there's four or five guys that he would play. Dude, in front Gallito of is smaller than Jonathan. Yeah, but it, but it, but his game is different. His game is, you know, his. Al Gallito, Jonathan during the World Cup. Right, but it's just we're talking about different players and different playing styles. And, and based I, on what Osorio has done, I don't, I don't see him. I, I think if anything, Jonathan's going to compete with Herrera for minutes on the right, uh, as a you know, in the interior. Or, I agree, as and like I a, you personally know. believe that Jonathan's going to go to the Olympics. I think that that's where he's going to, that's the tournament he's going to play. I think that I feel like tell him, yeah, I feel like Molina you can be on the bench yeah. here, or you could go to the Olympics and be a starter. And I think he's going to choose to go to the Olympics. It's I think that's a, that's a, it's probably a good bet because you know, let's be honest, the Olympic team. Uh, they're little, they're friendlies, uh, in early, you know, early, late March, early April against Portugal and Japan. We're not very, we're not very encouraging. And especially now, given the teams that are in the Liga, I don't think a lot of, there's probably between 14 to 16 players that will not be released for the Toulon tournament, which is a shame because that's a, that's a tournament that's gonna, I think we should all lower our expectations with the Olympics team because if the, if the players don't get released for Toulon, there's going to be very little sort of chemistry and little little building uh, with the team, and so yeah, but, but it's hard to build chemistry. I mean, the the thing at Toulon is in May, and then the Olympics aren't until August, so that's that's a th- that's three months. They yeah, should, there's they should, that. They have selected to go to Toulon anyway. It's just, just but it's not going to help. Like, them. Well, I, I think it would simply because it's, it's a tournament setting, and I think that you cannot you can't replicate that with four or five friendlies before the Olympics anyway. You you're not going to be able to replicate that sort of. Uh, Intensity or uh, you know the competitiveness, regardless of the quality. I I think it's it's a if, big if detriment to the Olympic team, like it normally is, but it won't be because of the Eurocopa. Then I think it would have been perfect. But the fact that it's in May, to me, to just send a U twenty and be done with it. It's just it's just, it's just not going to help because you're going to you're going to have yeah. dudes it defeats the purpose of that it, are just I think. not going to play. I totally agree. The old, yeah, yeah, All right, so we talked about yeah. the midfield. Go on. Let's let's talk about the forwards. We have obviously, I mean, I don't think there's any question who's going to be there. We're going to have Chicharito, uh, Jimenez. I think Oribe is going to make the list. I don't. I mean, it'd be that'd be crazy not to. And then there's going to be uh, you know obviously Tecatito. The one guy that I'm and I'm on the fence on, and it's it's nothing personal against him, but I just think he's a, just a one trick pony, and I just don't think that he's going to. Uh, feature all that much, and I think that he's just way too soft on the ball. Is is uh, Jurgen Dam? Oh, they're going with Lalo Reda. Oh. Well, no, Lalo's a huge tronco. He's not going to make it either. The, the document. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Pumas guy. Don't worry, believe me. I mean, through and through. <laughs> but there's no way that that well, Lalo Reda's going to. I'll make tell it. you this. I think Jurgen Dam and Aquino are sort of like uh, players that are a little redundant. Uh, in the whole scheme of things, I, I feel like a guy like Elias Hernandez offers a lot more than than Jurgen Dan. Yeah, and, and Giovanni can play that too. So yep, yeah. and, and Los, even Lozano, even Lozano had uh, yeah. just brings more to the table. Jurgen Dan is a guy that that is great in open spaces, but once the team sort of yeah, bunker down, the, the, the problem with Jurgen is that if he has to face a guy defensively, he's not going to get by him. He's just not. 
It, he doesn't have it in him. I, I agree. He doesn't have you don't think, he, he, you don't think that, that he didn't get by those Honduran players when Osorio broke those records in Honduras? Yeah, but uh, he didn't have to get by anybody because yeah, he, he did. The game, the no, game had broken. It had opened up by that point. Per, was, per, was per, that that Honduras yeah. team was like an MLS club. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, so 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 bad that Gio couldn't even make it. Come on. Oh. <laughs> now there was one guy that uh, did not make the list, and he explained himself today. I wish I had the the soundbite to play for y'all. I didn't get a chance. Oh, this to is it, in, man. This but, is this uh, is the this is the barn burner here. It was uh, Alan Pulido, and uh, as uh, Juan Carlos said, he called por litigio. Eh, cuando se so, solucionen sus problemas los legales, entonces vamos a poder tener a Lampulido. All right, so let me let me say this real quick. I feel like uh, having Osorio in charge, there's already, you know, obviously a lot of benefits, but I think his his candid approach and his sort of like he doesn't have that filter is is both equally good and bad. I think he sort of exposed the federation with this because we I think we talked about we mentioned it last week and I, and I said that it was one of two things. Either he knew there was some sort of agreement between Tigres and the federation not to call him up, or he didn't want to take the risk. And and, and to this, even after his after his uh, comments today or yesterday, I'm not entirely sure which one of those it is. But it's still the the end product is the same. He exposed the federation for this kind of weird sort of backhanded thing they do, like the the sort of the, the weird sort of handshake, the Humphrey Bogart hey, handshake. Hey, if he did it on purpose, he's not going to last long. I'll tell you that much. I'm not sure he did it on purpose, but but I think his honesty is both good and bad because he doesn't adhere himself to the bullshit. And you'll have to bet that you'll have to obviously edit that out. But but at the same time, it's like I I'd rather know off the bat if you're not going to call him up, is it because he you don't think he's he's the quality of play in the Greek league is good enough, or is it because there's some weird shady agreement between Tigres and the federation? To not call him up, and I think that's kind of what's going on here. I, 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 I don't think it's, think it's weird agreement, though. I think it's a good agreement. I'm, well, I think that that's a whole different argument, whether or not it's good or bad for the players and the, or the teams. Obviously, we we kind of touched upon this last week. I mean, obviously, Tigres has a case in the sense that there's an investment they made; they expected a certain return on that. But at the same time, does the does it benefit the team, the national team, to have a player that is not available for selection? simply because there's a litigation happening between the player and his previous club. Uh, you know, the whole thing is kind of – I feel like the whole thing is weird. It's kind of shady because it shouldn't it shouldn't prevent Polito from being called up. That's something <clears> that should be separate. And if this is a president that's being set, I, I don't like it. I just don't like it as a fan. Dude, you know, it took I, I, I agree with you. seven years to get called up after that's right, John. issue. You know, I I agree with uh, Christian in uh, that I think that Osorio wasn't the right path at the beginning. His heart wasn't the right place, but Pulido actually messed it up for him and starts complaining on social media, and it kind of forced uh, Osorio to force his hand to back away from him. Now, one thing that I do want to say though, uh, I actually don't see any love lost or anything because, and I think uh, John will agree that Eduardo Herrera is better than Pulido anyway, so. That we have, we're not losing anything. I wanted to mention something. Uh, Christian talked about how Osorio was upfront about the reason why why Pulido wasn't capped, and uh, I think it's interesting to note that uh, Santiago Baños, who's uh, um, I forget what his position is, some position. Fantasy what is your major malfunction, numbnuts? <laughs> 
I think that's it's reality one. check time with Jolie. Those young people are about to get a dose of reality. <laughs> I think Santiago Baños is what uh, he's like uh, what is it? De la Torre used to be. No, he's a director de selecciones or. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Show him your avocados. Yeah. <laughs> Shows why your walk is so expensive. Come on. <laughs> Come on, dude. Shows the package. I don't know if we want to see that. Uh, so, I, definitely, I definitely don't. Uh, well, Christian, you, you should, hey, thanks Christian, for joining Christian, us, Ronnie. Good luck Christian, with your. You should uh, read the, uh, the Russell can, dude. It's hilarious. I was going through it, man. You got you got you got ragged off, man. Holy no, Christ, no, dude. no, but. You don't know the details behind this. There's a lot of <laughs> inner workings going on right now. <laughs> Jesus, man. Go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ronnie, well, out. Have fun, man. Make a lot of mole. <laughs> you know, be ready for tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big holiday, apparently, according oh, to shit. people here. D- dude, we had a we had a, an event last night, dude. Uh, 700 people, dude. We got slammed. That's good money, man. That's a lot of mole. Yeah, dude. Do you have the the little tortilla lady that makes the tortillas the whole time while you're doing that stuff? Uh, Well, it depends. It depends uh, for for the catering event whether they want to pay for that or not. I mean, if they don't want to pay for that, they don't sell tortillas. Do you have a tortilla lady agency where you get the tortilla ladies? No, we have our our employees. You have your own tortilla lady? Employees. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, before you go, we were talking about the the quality of the Greek. League. Have you had Have you had quality Greek? What's that? Have you had quality Greek? You flushing the toilet, dude? Is that where no. you get your guac? No, no, no. <laughs> what, what, what was your question, John? I was asking if you had if you had quality Greek up in Philadelphia. Not in Philadelphia. Uh, in Houston, mm-hmm. I did. In fact, uh, my one of my girlfriend one of my girlfriends was Greek, so she had you know her mom actually cooked very good food. Uh, that's rough. She would give you some Greek. Greek food, very nice. Yeah, Greek. yeah, pasticcio or it's like it was kind of like a lasagna of sorts. It was pretty good. I had really good Greek food when I was in Tampa a few years ago. They have a little enclave of 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 Greek of Greeks. Yeah, sponge. What are they like the sponge uh, sponge divers? Very strange, but food was delicious. Well, thanks for joining us, Ronnie. We'll uh, we'll do the America segment without you, but. Uh, well, it was a pleasure to have you on, and good luck tomorrow. Yeah, go on, Ronnie. Right. Make some more, man. All right, bud. Later. Have a good Later, time. man. Well, now we can really okay. talk about, about America without, 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 with impunity. Without and, the bias that's right. of the fanboys. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Anyway, He's like as the we were saying about, about, about Pulido is, you know, the whole thing is a mess. I don't think that he handled it particularly well. I don't think the club... You know, both sides have to come clean with what really happened because obviously something happened that neither side wants to divulge, and I think that's pretty clear. Um, you know, the fact that Polido lost a couple of years when he, you know, had, as Joel said, had a chance to really make a name for himself in the league kind of makes you wonder just exactly what did happen between him and the club because that's 
you know, in a place like Monterrey, you know, Fernando can tell us whether you play for Tigres or Rayados. I mean, if you do well there, you're a, you know, you're walking around like a god in that city. I mean, you do, you, you, you everything is uh, at your disposal. The fact that he walked away from that just makes makes me wonder just exactly what did happen between him and the club, and I don't think we'll ever find out. I agree, man. I I, I made I made a, a point about that last week. I mean, a, a professional player doesn't just walk away from a year of his playing career in the, you know before he hits prime for no reason. I mean, I feel like there's obviously something to this, but uh, it all becomes sort of secondary too because at the end of the day, you know, like he's lost uh, the litigation with two different core uh, arbitrary systems and. It doesn't. It doesn't bode very well for him. At the end of the day, I mean, there's not a lot of repercussions here because they're not going to stop him from playing. I think that at the very worst, uh, Olympiacos will have to pay a fine, and Polito will just keep playing. But you know what that means for him with a national team? I mean, this could drag out for a while for him, and I think that's that's where the deficit is. That's where the damage is going to be done. I also don't feel like he's gone about this the right way. I mean, he's gone to the media. He's, he's talked about you know he deserves. Uh, to be on a national team, I mean, I'm all, yeah, yeah, by, by congratulating America, yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, no, that was great, but I, I feel like, you know, as an adult, you know, you, there's one thing you learn is that there is no such thing as deserving, you don't deserve shit, I bet though, again, you'll have to edit that out, uh, you don't deserve anything, I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry, it's, it's, you know, it was a pre-game, the the, the pre-show pre-game. You had to lay off the beer, Holmes. Yeah, pretty much, man. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just you don't deserve anything, man. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's not about deserving; it's about whether or not you fit into the system. I'm not entirely sure that not having Polito in the in the 40-man preliminary roster is that big of a loss, to be honest. I don't. I think, agree I'm with not you. Entirely 100%. sure. I don't think that they're going to lose. You know, people were saying that he was going to he'd be a good. Addition to the Olympic team, I frankly I just don't see it. Neither do I, man. I mean, at this point, he's just a marginal player, and I don't. He has he didn't do anything in the Greek league to really elevate his chances to make the forty man roster, much less the twenty three man roster. I agree. He needs to get everything straight. Eduardo Herrera, you know. Well, Herrera play is going to play a different. If if he makes team, he'll play a different role compared compared to Polito. at the end, John, you just said it perfectly. I'm not entirely sure anybody's going to lose any sleep over this. Let's be honest. I'm not yeah. shitting any tears. And Eduardo Herrera, I mean, frankly, Ra- Raul Jimenez uh, fits that same bill, and he is so much better. He can do so many more things. Lalo Herrera is a, is a great guy if you just – if it's the minuto 87 and you're down a goal and you just need to put up another forward in. Raul Jimenez can do so much more. He is so much more versatile. He can he passes better. His 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 scoring range is is so much further out than just about any forward we have. Or Mexico has. I hate saying we. I'm not part of the team. Than Mexico. I mean, he's because he, he can shoot with the right and the left, and and he has a great shot. And we just he, in my opinion, he is a a superstar that is that is in the. I mean, he is gonna just be will blow up. I hope it blows up soon. But he is on the verge of just becoming absolutely huge, in my opinion. I agree. Hey, I yeah. agree. Ya puedo hablar. Dale, Te toca, Joel, por favor. Straight, straight took my segment away. No, go ahead, Joel. Go ahead, Joel. Calm down. All right, go ahead, Joel. No, I was I was gonna go back. Uh, I just want to say how 
the whole incident with Pulido, it, it shows us a window into like, like the state of of Mexican football. Just just seeing uh, like a lot of these things how how that are going on. So the the first one I wanted to mention was about about uh, Osorio. He was pretty upfront about why he didn't call him. He straight up said because of the lawsuit. But Santiago Baños he talked earlier and he said that uh, because they already had better forwards. So I mean you know they you kind of have these two guys contradicting each other. Well, I think they're both true. I think they're they're you know they're, I don't know if they contradict, but they're definitely. No, because sort of... ba- Baños is completely trying to covering it up, and and so just just being you know straightforward well, upfront about it. Yeah, that, that's true. So Osorio says, he makes comments about Pulido, and then Baño says, well, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. We got better guys right now. And then today, Osorio said, well, we're not calling Adam. No, no, it, it wasn't like that. Uh, first, Osorio, I think it was a brain fart on his part. Yes, exactly. Where, where he said, uh, I would like to call him Pulido, but there's a lawsuit, so maybe that won't happen, or I hope it gets resolved. Right. And I'm like, you know, he's kind of airing stuff out. And then uh, Pulido got. I mean, it's not like that's like that. That's not common knowledge. I mean, he didn't drop a bomb. Well, I know, but 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 he's saying it, he was kind of already hinting that if he if gave, that's not resolved, he can't call a player. He gave an indication oh, of hope. So, so then uh, Pulido gets interviewed, and then he says, "I think it's kind of weird that I'm not getting called up because I'm I'm doing, you know, he, he's saying how he was. He seemed a bit delusional talking about scoring important goals." And uh, yeah, absolutely, for a team that had already won the championship. And yeah, and then he said, "I don't know what the problem with Tigres is." So I think you know you're fanning the flames at this point. So and then, then after, America. After, uh, yeah, he tweeted on on America when, America when they, when they beat Tigres. <laughs> so so after that, uh, when they give up the list, he's not in it, and he he talked again. He talked about you know because it was because of the lawsuit. And that's that's when Santiago Baños came out and said, "No, we just have better forwards." And then after that, you have Osorio now saying, "You know, I couldn't call him because it's it's you know, the thing with Tigres going on." So there's so you, a, you bring up. Go ahead, Albert. My apologies. I'll just I'll just say now that there's like a a conflict. Osorio is being upfront, and Baños is hiding stuff, and FMF is hiding stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're hiding stuff as much as like they don't really they don't really like to talk about these issues. Right. And and I and it's like you know it, it's pretty like obvious what happened. Uh, so just going back, it, if you're playing in Mexican league, if you're going to the World Cup, you have to be signed to uh you have to have a contract. So so Pulido obviously signed an extension so he could be in the World Cup. That's where it all started, right? Yeah. So it, it mean if it was bad, I mean and he's, he, he signed it. He claims that the the one that he signed was not the one that they registered. Right. That's where everything started. Um, well, well, see, they're saying it's common knowledge that maybe not common knowledge, but that uh, Mexican league teams have like three different contracts. You know, right. the one they report for her tax purposes, the one they show the 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 league and the real contract. But I mean, irregardless, if if you're part of the national team setup, you, you know, you're pretty set. You know, you're part of like a small group of players that are gonna get. You're eventually gonna get more money through patrocinios, and and you know, playing in tournaments. 
So I, I think how you said how he walked away, how it seems weird, because cause yeah, it does. If, if you're, you know, if you're already set up, you you went to the World Cup and you're you're gonna be part of this group that's of young players that are gonna be taken into the next uh, cycle to just leave. I, I think he just he saw things but the way he saw them. That's not how they played out. Well, why do you think that just there might be some extra cancha stuff happening here? Like maybe he took junior swimming in a forbidden pool. Nah, I, I just think he he was he was dumb because even uh, you had Tigres president willing to get him back because he he um he was at that smaller club I forgot La Risa or something I, I forgot the name of the club and his contract a Greek club yeah his contract ended there and he could have returned he could have returned to Mexico and and you know put that behind and he he went on and this is after he already lost. Uh, the court of appeal twice with uh you know the court the court for arbitration for sport and he had lost with the uh, FMF uh, committee for uh, contract disputes or something like that and he still you know he still went and he left and he signed with Olympiacos so I mean at this point he's if you're FMF you're run by the clubs you're just making them look bad. Right, I mean, and the reality is, and unfortunately for for Mexican players, is since they're not unionized, that they don't really have a, a seat at the table. Their destiny is not there in, in their hands. But but, but remember, uh, John, they haven't wanted to unionize. You're right. Well, when they do, they get blackballed like Carlos Albert. But <laughs> that was way back. I, I don't know. I don't know that. I just know recent times. They haven't cared to do it, but but I think I mean another thing that that this shows us though, like this whole case, is just with the player, like like. So and this is common if you guys like ever hear comments from South American players that come to Mexico, and they talk about how great everything is, and they say I don't know why some of the players want to leave. It you know you you have everything here, and so it's like like he was already pretty much set up. I think he could have played so many tournaments had he stayed. He would have been Libertadores final, uh, Copa Oro final, Conca Cup, the Cup for the Confederations, and instead he, he just was not playing. I think eventually he would have left. I don't. I don't think Tigres was gonna like not let him go. Well, you know, there's, uh, you know, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I mean, it seems like that's what's happened with Pulido. That he's just, you know, he's not the first player, at least in recent history, that is, you know, and his, his decisions aren't necessarily the, have been the best. I mean, but I honestly, I mean, there, 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 there has to be, there, there has to be a story that we just don't know. There just has to be, you know, there just, there's no question that there's a major conflict here between him and the team that maybe has nothing to do with their contract or playing or anything else. So I, I, I will believe that. And of course they always tell you, un, un, un día, Se, uh, hablaremos de, de, de lo, que, lo que realmente pasó. They always say that and they never say anything. So yeah, I'm waiting for Bolívar to say that. I'm still waiting mm -hmm. for Carmona to say what, what happened. Yeah. But, so, but, you know, I'm saying as players, like, and it's kind of sad, you want to see, like, the players that they want to do the best for their club or at least leave, win something for their club. And then you have stuff like Pulido where it's like, you, you could tell they don't care that much for the club. 
Right, and it's so bizarre because I mean he came out from the you know there's not many players come out of the Tigres system and have the kind of success he had. So it just yeah, it's just a very very bizarre and unfortunate situation. Now the team that he that he lauded last week with a tweet trolling his former team, uh, congratulating Club America for winning their second Conca Champions Cup in a row. Club America, of course, we're talking about them. Is have and and Martin uh, Martin del Palacio wrote about this last week, or had a video and then transcribed the video in his video video columna, talking about how Club America has changed the way that they build teams. And it's very interesting what he had <clears> to say. I thought it was I don't know if you all got a chance to read it, where he, where he talked about how Pelaez, instead of going and get the uh, you know the the high priced overpriced um, dead weight foreigner that they've always gotten, you know, guys that are on the tail end of their career. He's been bringing in guys that already have experience in Liga Mekis, whether they're Mexican or foreign, what have you. And the the base of the team is has been pretty much the same for the past three or four years. Granted, the coaches have changed, but the players have been the same, and that just has, hasn't been the way that America had historically operated. And the results speak for themselves. I mean, they're, they've been at the top of the table for the past three or four years. They have, they've won, you know, four trophies in the past three years. They've done really well. They've, they've really, and in my opinion, have, have, have gone back to their accustomed position, which is at the top or near the top of the league, but they're doing it in a completely un-America way, which I, I think it's a it's a model for other teams well, you know, to follow. You know what, John? Nestor was doing the same before, way before Chivas. <laughs> he was just not. But can hey. we re- request permission to uh, to block a pern? He he was not as successful. But if you see you see how the team they when they won they played two finals. They played like two semifinals. They made a Libertadores uh, semifinal and then a final. They they weren't as successful, but they were I would say as consistent. But he was he did have like a similar a, a similar structure. Well, he has no choice to have that structure. I mean, he can't go he can't go into the foreign markets to bring players in. So that's that's the only structure. No, but but they did promote use. like they promoted from within. They got like their own coaches, like instead of like looking abroad to see who who could like transform the team. No, I understand. But what I'm saying, as far as the players go, I mean, you know, they they can't go to the foreign market to bring a guy in. Well, let's let's be honest. They they they're 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 simply, you know, it's a good tactic to have. And and to be fair, we we did we did talk about this maybe six months ago, right before the Club World Cup. We had a lengthy discussion about the approach that America has had towards building our teams, and and what they've simply done is simply waited for guys to light up the lesser teams, you know, like uh, they pretty much have been picking players off of Santos, you know, like their forward line is pretty much uh, from Santos, um, you know, and, and it makes sense. It makes sense because, you know, why would they go out and spend crazy amounts of money, which they were already. We we mentioned the fact they had uh, 30-something players out on loan that they, they had bought out and, and some <laughs> they had brought over and, and they just kind of didn't quite gel and, and a lot of them never actually even made it over to America, and they just simply kept them out alone. And they're you know they're paying their salaries, and they've spent they spent a crazy amount of money on these players, and they never actually brought them over. They never were part of the team, 
uh, and they were simply going out and buying players that were sort of proven in the Mexican league. And it's a good tactic. And Holy's right. I mean, it's a proven tactic. It works, you know, within the internal system of the, of Liga MX. And why wouldn't you? At the same time, it's also the fact that Pelaez has been able to sort of, uh, instill patience in the, directivos and a fan base, you know, because like you said, this is a team that's been together mostly for about, you know, four, five, six tournaments at least. And this is also a team that, you know, worked under, you know, Herrera, you know, more or less, you know, obviously some players have left, others have come in, but you know, like when, when, I mean, if anybody can remember the, the reaction to when, when Ruben Sambuesa was brought over, it was pretty much like, why are they getting this guy? He was playing at Tecos. <laughs> Estudiantes, like, what is he going to offer the team? And it's like, well, he was a good player. He was a very good player, and, and there's qualities about him that obviously fit into the team. And, and even the same thing with Osvaldo Martinez was like, well, you know, I, I don't know. And the, what is he going to bring? And, and, I mean, the guy has had a resurgence, you know, especially lately. So patience, I think, is a bigger issue here because America fans are used to having to go out and, and, and have these big, Las Bombas, you know, the signings that are, like, going to light up the league, and they just really don't. You know, you got to have sort of that balance between players. I mean, they brought in a couple of guys, you know, Ravello, Ravello and, and whatever, a couple of younger South American guys that are kind of in the mix, but they're not. They bring them in, but they also have guys that are going to be ready to pull their weight, on, you know, like, on the spot. So it, it makes sense what they're doing, and it's their success is really not a strange thing. It's just the, the the combination of consistency and and just patience on all levels within a team, those directivos, the fans, everybody, you know. Well, you know, you, 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 you know, doing the same thing, you know. He's been instilling patience into into the fans and the club. For example, Almeida had a horrible start this season, and look at them now. Look, I know. You know? Some Pauli some didn't want to come to Chivas, dude. <laughs> That's because of consistency right there, man. No, I, it's just saying that, you know, they, they have consistency. Now <laughs> I'm just saying that, too. He get, he Actually, Sampoli said it himself, you know, compared to rumors you hear, where it's like, uh, this was, you know, this was heard somewhere. So he said it himself, like it came out of his own mouth. You know, well, the thing is that I'm glad that Higuera had, took, uh, had the balls to make the changes to get rid of trash, <laughs> like La Chepo de la Torre. And bring a player, uh, bring in a coach that was going to bring, you know, changes and stuck with him. And if you can see now, they're they're in the Liguilla. It brought fruit, you know. Yeah, but anyways, dude, I I think going going to the consistency that Christian's talking about, that was that was like one of the main reasons that Pelais got rid of uh, Matosas, because he he was trying to change up the squad. He had like a different vision. He wanted to bring other players, and and uh, that was that was what. What well, I think there? you know, and so like I think in the defense, they definitely need to they need to freshen things up. I think, uh, yeah. and you know, John, and, and you know, we've all we've talked about this for a long time. I don't feel like Golds, Pablo Aguilar. I don't feel like these guys. Obviously, Ventura Alvarado. These are not guys that are really the caliber of defenders that that America needs, even by Liga MX standards. And, and we're talking about Pablo Aguilar and Pablo and Golds, who are internationals for their national team, you know, like they're not bad players. It's just that <laughs> they're not really cutting it. I don't think. And, and, and I think that uh, at least when they go to the club world cup there, that's, that's what they should be looking to strengthen is definitely their defensive line. Because I mean, it's been very, very poor despite the fact that the team has been playing well and, and has had really good results. 
I hear Yasef Corona will be available for them. You know what, John? You say that, and I really wouldn't be surprised if they bring him in. You know, I would not be surprised. This is kind of a tricky thing because, I mean, you could go the route that they've done. You could go with, like, proven Liga MX guys. But then who are we talking about? I mean, it's either going to have to be guys that are young and are going to be willing to stick around in Liga MX for a couple years, or you really do have to go outside and bring players that are going to be willing to come in and contribute right away. You know, I, I, that's that's a tricky one, and I think that's going to be the next step and really the next test uh, for Pelaez to really solidify the defensive line and really bring the team to another level because as good as they've been, you know, they, they made a step there. You know, luckily or not, you know, fortunate or not with Hugo Gonzalez and Moy Munoz, that's a solid pair of goalkeepers right there. They, they can get by with those two guys for the next couple of years. But their defense is – I think it's their, their weakest line, and they really have to look to improve upon that. If they were to go the Liga, Liga MX route, I mean, I'm, I, it's hard to say. You know, I mean, who would they bring? Uh, can, I mean, you look at the, the best defenders in the league individually, my, my money would be like Nestor Araujo could be a guy, and that would sort of play in line with what they've been doing is simply plucking guys from Santos. And I know there's a lot of Santos fans – well, a lot. You know, I don't know about a lot, but there's Santos fans that listen to this and they will probably be laughing at this. It's true. They'll probably be looking at Santos and, and probably plucking guys from there. Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't know. They need they to improve that. Dario Verón. Dario Verón has had a terrific career with Pumas. He's been, you know, captain. He's been solid. I, I see him retiring. I see him just going down with Pumas. I mean, not going down, like, obviously going down, but, like, you know, just finishing his career. That I'm not entirely sure. Well, actually, you know what? I don't know, because money speaks, man. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, if they throw him enough money, he might just switch. That would be a short-term solution. Let's be honest. Now, Joel, seeing how America has kind of changed their way, are you gonna are you gonna odiarlos menos, or do you still odiarlos más? <clears throat> no, I. You know what, John? In español, como dicen, este, I feel alright for them. Cuando le va bien a los hijos, hay que sentir orgullo. So, <laughs> but but overall, I, you know. I hope more more uh, Liga MX teams follow like did work in that way, you know, of having like a general manager that's above the coach, because uh, Liga MX they're just it's just the way a lot of the club owners like to operate through through um, promoters, yeah. no promoters promoters that come and they're like the the snake oil charmers they'll, they'll right. you know Salam on this idea like. We have this coach, or we'll sell you this package of players, and and every other season they they'll just like rebuild the team. And it's like the the thing is sometimes it does work, you know. You see it sometimes. Uh, well, you know, it's it's you you bring it. That's a good point because you when you watch the well, not that I watch the draft, but then they, you see the at the end of the day when they have their draft, the whatever they call it, draft at piernas. And you see teams like like the same teams over and over and over again take like thirty guys. Yeah. And you're and, and you're like, what on earth are they doing? And and you know, what's worthy of note of, of uh, America is that they play two 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 tournaments and they they've been able to do good in both. And then usually that's not the case with uh, Liga MX teams where they'll do good in one tournament and then they'll suffer in the other. Well. You are absolutely correct, and I'm sure that if if Ronnie was here, that he would be puffing his chest out talking about how good <laughs> they are by doing it. But in the, in those two tournaments, they only had to leave the country once out of the six extra games they played. So, you know, 
They went to hey, Seattle, and that's a long ass trip. That's a that's a seven hour flight. I get that. That, that that's tough. Still two finals, man. That's no, you know. I, I I I don't I don't disagree. I I agree, but you know let's 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 pump the brakes on the on on how hard it was for them when they had to go to uh, to Torreon. You know, I know that's an hour and a half flight. You know, that's that's just. <clears> really and and you know, and, and using Chivas as an example, you could tell a lot of times the GM position sometimes like not really valued or just given away because. We had a Paco Palencia who he wanted to coach the team, and uh, Vergara just made him the general manager, which is above the coach. But I mean, this guy wanted to be the coach, and it's, and it's kind that, of funny. Was poor, like, nah, you, huh? And poor Paco was in that awful uh, real sports interview about Chivas USA. <laughs> And I, mean, I felt so bad for the guy because I don't think he had any idea what he was up against. He he just wanted to paint his nails and yeah. coach the team, man, and they're they're making him a GM. So, you know, so you see that with other clubs where it's like we don't even know who their GMs are or or where they came from. You know, that brings us to our next topic, uh, and it was something that, that Albert pointed out that, uh, again, another video columna from Martin talking about. This something we've talked about uh, several times over the past months is, is where are the coaches? Where are the young coaches? They don't exist. And, and Paco Palencia is, is, is a great example of that. He, uh, you know, he wanted to coach. He doesn't want to do TV. Everyone wants to do TV. He wants to coach. Where are guy? Where are the guys like him? You know, we, 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 we have Ramoncito. Is he still an assistant, or have they chased him? Joel, do you know? Joel. Joel. We lost. I think Joel. he fell asleep. Uh... Well. No, with Ramon, I'm not sure because uh, there was all this movement going around. So I don't know if he's coaching uh, one of the teams. I think he's with the uh, one of the youth teams, huh? Yeah. I'll I have to step up, though, guys. <laughs> so luckily, luckily we, have Nacho, we have Nacho, who is part of that generation, who has, you know, obviously he's having some success at America. He didn't necessarily have success before that. But he was uh, Vasco's assistant for a long time, and he got to see how Vasco operated for uh, several years at different clubs. So, did he coach? Uh, was it a Champions League game when Vasco was suspended? Or am I, I mistaken? Right. Yeah, because he. I was, think I was uh, actually at Liverpool. I remember. Uh, I remember the the Nopal on the sidelines there. That's uh, right. Because, <laughs> uh, the previous Liverpool match, they had a horrendous call. Yeah, he lost his mind. He, yeah, he, just, he couldn't believe that, yeah, that it didn't go, you know, the way that ninety nine point nine percent of the world saw it. Yeah, so he got the boot. You're right, but you know, Martin is right. There, there, no, and we've talked about this. I feel like sometimes people listen to our podcast and then take their ideas from our show. I think that. I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised, man. I would, it's like deja vu, man. Yeah. I, I see this. I'm like, hey, we talked about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no, but it's true, man. You know, we talked about the lack of young Mexican coaches. I mean, that's only really par for the course. I mean, we're talking about players, you know, like uh, a good example, Chicharito. You know, he did he his debut was at like I don't know, seventeen or eighteen years old, and then like two or three years went by before he actually started playing like regularly. And it's not very dissimilar to what's happening with with Trophies Lopez, where he debuted at eighteen, and it's only now, at, at, you know, recently turned twenty one that he's actually seen a lot a lot more time. 
So, I mean, it's just a microcosm of that. You know, it's a reflection of that with the coaches. I mean, it's just obviously, the, you know, the sample size is a little bit smaller, you know, with the coaches. But it, it's really to be expected. I mean, you know, you have the same sort of retreads that happen. You know, Tomas Boy is going to keep getting gigs, you know, because for some reason, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not a bad coach. but Tomas Boy is close to filling his punch card out. I, you would think so, man. You would think so. But then you also have – there's a lot of recent examples of guys that kept getting work, and they just keep finding work, you know. Uh, it, obviously, the process for a coach is, is, is a little different, you know. And, and I think that's where the, uh, the compadras go, you know. That's, it's even more pronounced when it comes to the coaches. You really have to know somebody that's going to give you a chance, you know, with the players. I mean, you can make it up the ranks if you slip, you know, if you grease the right kind of fingers – kind of thing, you know, uh, you, you pay the right kind of coaches off and you'll get a chance with the first division team or not, whatever. With the coach, I think it's a little different. Um, but is that specifically an issue with Mexican soccer? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I know that Martin uh, referenced the Argentine coaches. I mean, and let's face it, there's Argentine coaches all over the world. I mean, half of the South American national teams have Argentine coaches. You know, they're, they're, they're littered all over Europe. They're all over Mexico. They're even in the States. I mean, they're just, they're everywhere. So. And, and 40 year old coaches, like young coaches. Yeah. The Subaldia at Santos with, uh, with his leggings. Can somebody explain that to me? How do you, how does a grown man, how do you yeah, go on TV? Yeah, Dan's not on. He, uh, he, he, Christ, man. With, uh, <laughs> he, he, he gives us his insight on skinny jeans, but. But it's then, uh, Mohamed uh, also wears them jeans, so not right. Not but like you know, yeah, the thing with Mohamed is like he really should not be wearing them because like you know he's a little top heavy. You know, yeah, but it's he like, puts it them on. This guy airbrushes his on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, Suvaldia is like you know he's a very thin kind of guy. I mean, I can see. I mean, I don't know if he pulls them off, but it's like okay, whatever, man. But like Mohamed, come on, man. Like you're definitely like the guy is like drinking a forty, you know, forty like a thirty pack. Every couple of days, it kind of shows, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing that, man. That's just not, it doesn't, it's not, it's not a good look for you. Yeah, at one point, it's skinny jeans. It's a fine line between skinny jeans and body pain. I think it's body pain. <laughs> right. But, uh, uh, yeah, there are, they're just, uh, they're everywhere. And it just, it's, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's frustrating, but I mean, I would like to see uh, play, players just get, get chance, ex players get chances at, at front office positions now. In Pumas few years ago, Alberto Garcia asked it, out of the blue. They said, "You're the GM," and 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 it was terrible because he didn't have yeah. experience as GM. Yeah, I wouldn't call his time as a GM a success yeah. whatsoever, man. So they learned from that, and they got they brought Antonio Sancho in, who was a former player for Pumas, understands the Pumas way, which let's face it is different from other teams. It just is, and. But he learned his front office chops at Tigres. He was an assistant to the system, whatever. And then they brought him in. And now, and now Pumas is, 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 is back to where, I'm not saying they're back to where they belong, but you know, they're, they're back to being a much more competitive team. They got the, just an unbelievable amount of luck in the Libertadores with their group draw, which they won. Gave them a number two seed. They made it through to the quarterfinals and now are going to play an Ecuadorian team. So, and if, if Pumas can just get their their youth system going again, I think that Pumas is going to be a team that uh, is 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 going to be a contender for a while because of, of the foreigners that they do have. They've made some excellent choices. They've done a really good job of enforcing their team, and I think a lot of that is because of what Sancho's done. And he's and he's doing the same thing that America did. Instead of going out and getting a bunch of dudes, 
that have never played in the league, he's getting guys that played on different teams, and it's working out for them. And, right. You know, I know that I don't know if they're going to make the Liguilla. They have to beat America and then have uh, Tigres and Cruz Azul not, you know, play to a tie. I don't think it's going to happen, but we never know. So it's, uh, you know, Pumas is one of those teams that's that's starting to follow that that that. Uh, Starting to follow the, the 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 blueprint that America has laid down. I think that we see other teams do it. We're going to see Liga making start making that leap to making it not just a more competitive league, but I think the quality is going to get better. If only the league knew how to promote itself outside of Mexico, then I think that we have a really good chance of seeing Liga MX take a huge leap to to give themselves a, more of a global position, which. They were supposed to make a huge announcement either today or tomorrow about doing some English language stuff, and all it was, and this just cracks me up, was they now have a store in English. Hey. An online, miseleccion.en to buy shirts. Thanks. Well, I, John, I think uh, Univision Deportes uh, sometimes does, like an, or is it, maybe it's Telemundo that does the English. Uh, the SAP? Yeah, the broadcast for like League MX games. No, they're not SAP. They do it for MLS for sure. But my point is, I mean, why doesn't Liga MX have an English language version of their website? Why don't they? Well, there's, it's just, it's all very insular, really. It's uh, Liga MX and Mexico in general. It's all very insular. It's, um, I, I agree with you, man. I, you know, I, I've, I've made similar points in the past. I think that the product is good enough as it is, where you could sort of get some interest, uh, you know, abroad. I mean. But, you know, the packaging, if you go to the website, if you go to the website alone, it's just like, it's a cluster. It's just, it's just, uh, it's It's just really, it's really busy. And it's like, it's just like, ah, you just get a headache from looking at it. You know, it's so hard to find highlights on that website. It's just, it's impossible. Well, I think that'd be a good start. Uh, They could start a YouTube channel and put together some, some, uh, some highlights and, uh, and, you know, some, uh, you know, some, some gold, you know, gold of the week, player of the week kind of thing. Like, uh, there's a lot they could do. I mean, the problem is, is like individual teams do it. Like Santos, Tijuana, these are teams that have English language Twitter accounts, and and they do a lot of sort of English uh, language coverage. But it's not enough. I mean, it shouldn't be a, a team thing. It should be a league based thing, you know. And and this should and, this should mandate that every team does it. I mean, that's just. Well, you know, well that's the thing is like there are mandates in place. Like for example, with like having to pay your players on time. I mean, for let's be honest, how what it should have never started. Should they should have never even been in the league this season, uh, and they're having trouble again paying their players on time. So it's like, and, it's, and it sounds yeah. like they're probably going to end up in Irapuato. Well, that's the kind of thing. Like, I, I feel bad. For, you know, obviously, I don't want to segue into this, but but uh, I feel bad for the players from Hawaii's because the, the fact of the matter is, if they don't get paid this week, I mean, those guys are kind of screwed, man. Because <laughs> after this week, they they're not going to have a lot of recourse to really to, to get that money back. You know, it, it, obviously, you know, it's a small sample size. Hawaii's, Dorados, you know, we're talking about two, three yeah, out of there's eighteen always teams. teams every year where right. you, you hear of stories of, of them, not, you know, Puebla, Atlas, forever. Right, know, and right, and, and that's one of those things where the league sort of mandated this when it when it rebranded to Liga MX. That was one of their mandates was that teams would not be allowed to participate in the league if they didn't settle their debts from the previous tournament, and and Caguares didn't do that. And they were still able to play this year. It's a weird thing that happens. They sort of circumvent whatever rules they feel like are are easily brushed aside, and, and you know. And so, like, it's hard to expect them to really put together a marketing package that would be appealing to 
you know, English-speaking countries. So it, it kind of makes sense why it's not being done. But it's part of the growing process, I guess. I don't know. It's deflating, they, to be sure. They, they can't be having a growing process when they've been a league for since the 40s. They need to, I agree, man. I, I there's totally there's agree. The reason why they can't go to Eurosport or be in or whatever it is and go, hey, you know, let's – you know, let let's do a, you know, an hour long weekly wrap up of the show and, and and show highlights. I mean, how hard is that? I mean, it's just buy the time, put your league out there. What you gotta game. wonder uh, if if their hands are tied due to their sort of the, the way that the TV rights are sold in Mexico. You know, like where it's a team. Yeah, but I'm not talking about Mexico. I'm talking about abroad. I'm talking about, you know, you know, buying time on Sky or on Eurosport or on. Uh, on NBC Sports Network, you know, whatever it is. I mean, you know, get get it out there. Get 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 your league out there. I think the 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 farthest they've gone is uh, I think ESPN shows highlights sometimes of Liga MX. I think they do like a there's not like a highlight show, but they they, they I've seen them show highlights, and I I think that's really pathetic when you think about it. It's it's uh, the product, like I said, it's it's good enough to be show to show to be showcased in different markets. The reason why it's not is is I don't I don't even want to know. I'm I'm sure there's some weird weird sort of uh, sort of you know they're kind of just dragging her ass with that. See, but that but that's another thing though is that I mean I watch you know the picantes and all those and in the states if they don't have the rights then they just show like they show stills. That is so stupid to me. How on earth do you want to promote your league if if you don't even let people show images of you. I mean, now they want to, you know, if you, don't make them pay for it. I mean, they're, they're giving you free publicity, free, F-R-E-E, free. Then let them use your images. It's just, it's just so ridiculous. I yeah, well, it seems like it's, it's, it's just not been a priority for the Federation, for the league. Well, Maybe that'll change with Desi de Maria now in charge. Well, he's, I mean, he's supposed to be like this marketing and business sort of guru so maybe in you know in two to four years time that'll change there is a marketing machine huffing down their neck that plays just a little to the north of them and mm-hmm. they, need to, they need to really pay attention i agree really get themselves ahead of that i agree okay well i think that that uh pretty much uh wraps up the the show here tonight uh, always a, a pleasure for y'all to join us uh Thank you for the folks that were on the YouTube chat. And we're talking, of course, about uh, Christian Farias and uh, David Loretto. We had some other folks on there. Thank you for joining us. Of course, you can listen to us live on uh, on YouTube on Wednesdays and then catch the replay on iTunes as soon as Cheekies makes the – gets all the potty mouth comments out. Good Lord. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've been lazy on that man. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> well, just no, yeah, it, man. it adds character, Beto. Yeah. Hey, don't be don't be feeding into the PC culture. Well, I understand. Yeah. Well, you know, we just want to you know keep it presentable. So, but I understand. You know, we, this isn't our rated show. We're adults. I mean, let's face it. The uh, best education I ever got as a kid was the first day on the playground in the second grade. I learned a whole bunch of new words that I didn't know. Christian, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Fernando, Senator, as always, a pleasure. And don't forget, what you, what you say here could be held against you later. <laughs> no problem, man. Right. Thanks, Fernando. Albert, 
get back to Austin soon. I'm sure your family misses you. In three hours is my flight. Actually, four. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, have fun with that. All right. Joel, are you back with us? No, he's like Joel has stepped off, but uh, I'm sure that he would say thanks. It's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure to join you guys tonight for the Los Acero podcast. Uh, yeah, Medica production brought to you by SoccerChronicle.com. Like I said, we're on live every Wednesday night from either 9, 9.30, around there. And then, of course, you can listen to us on the iTunes. Got a couple of big shows coming up over the next few weeks because uh, D-Guy Mex is getting into their postseason. And, of course, we have the summer tournaments coming up with Copa America and the Olympics. So we'll always have lots to talk about here on the Los Acero Football Podcast. As always, a pleasure. Thank you guys very much for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate your patronage. My name is John Chagu. Thank you guys for joining us. We will talk to you next week here on the Los Acero Podcast.